Welcome back. Welcome back. Yo, uh, we got some crazy action from uh, Saturday's card. We can talk about, first of all, let's just get into it. Welcome back, Action Knuckle fam. Shows B B Woods. As usual, I got my boy <clears throat> Mosey P in the crib. What's up? Marky G. What's up, player? What's up? Oh, yeah. We are kicking this new year off right, man. We got <clears throat> some pre- previews to David Ver- David and Goliath action. Got the big boys, Cyril Gunn, and <clears throat> defending his interim title versus the undisputed champ. Francis Ngannou for a, in a heavyweight division. And then we got a preview of, you know, the Davids of the division. The, the little the little guys, you know what I mean? The Mighty Mites. Got um, Davidson uh, Figgy going up against um, Brandon Moreno. And it should be good because I, I was – I'm excited about um, both fights we watched. We basically covered the whole career of Cyril Gan, his rise – um, to the heavyweight title, and it's gonna be fun to see him go up against this. This is a big challenge. Um, we're also gonna do a little bit of a preview, so not a preview, but a review of Chikadze versus Qatar and a couple other fights on that card, plus a little bit of uh, you know, extra, a little extra MMA chit chat as usual. But we can kick it right off. Yo, um, did you get to watch the any of that card yesterday, um, Saturday, Mo? Yeah, I caught the main event, but beforehand I was watching Cincinnati play Las Vegas in the playoffs. Playoffs? But from what I've seen, a uh, legendary number nine quarterback is in the making. Mm, Louisiana. Yep. But yeah, Qatar and Chikazi was... That was how is the first main event of the year almost fight of the year? Um, apparently, like whenever you get your ass whooped by Max Holloway, you turn into Superman. Like that's just like the next fight for you. You upgrade because Qatar and Max had that um that crazy war where. It wasn't really a war. It was mostly just like a battle of Max battling Qatar's face and pointing to DC and telling him he's the best boxer in the UFC. We all remember that clip. Um, and Qatar took that personally, bro. Like he, for real, like he went back in the lab and God damn, he looked good. He looked good against. He looked good against Chikazi. That whole like strategy of crowd the kicker. Heavy pressure, box his head off. Qatar put on a masterclass, bro. Was the score uh, 50-45? Yes. Uh, I thought it was 50, like 49-46. Oh, I agree. I thought Chikazi got at least one round. I thought he got but, the uh, first, and then after that it was all cater. I, I, I really had it all Qatar. Like the, I, didn't, I didn't have Chikazi winning a round. He had some the, close. The first action. round was close. Yeah, close. I, I lean towards uh, Giga in that one, but that second round was nuts. And then from there on out, it was all Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. He he. For me, like it was like I. I he gave all the pressure. 
he like he was coming forward, chasing them down, which is like you know, um, Chikazi's dangerous. And going into this, I didn't, I had, I had Giga Chikazi winning like by a landslide. I thought he was gonna dom- dominate the fight. I didn't, I didn't expect to see because like I thought he would just kick the shit out of Calvin uh, and keep him at range, but Calvin was having none of that shit. Was he the hype train though? I don't know. I think he's legit. I think he's yeah, I his he was more of a legit guy than a hype train. I didn't think so. I didn't think he was a hype train. I thought he was. Um, I still, I still don't think that. I, I, I feel like um, Qatar just was on. Like, and he's <clears throat> he showed that like promise that he had. Like leading up to the Max fight, he was the, the 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 guy, like the next big thing. And I think he's still that. I don't, I don't think that changed much. I just feel like you know. Max is on a world championship level, and until you fight a guy like that, you don't even know where you are. And that was Calvin's biggest test, and obviously, you know, Max got the better of him. But I, I still think Calvin's a you know a contender. They're all still he, contenders, he, though. Yeah, Giga's still a contender. He's oh, he's still right up there. He just he learned what the top level is. That's what he learned in that fight. They always say that there's levels to this game, and he just learned what level is above him, and he now he knows what his biggest weakness is. You said it earlier, that constant pressure and keep him from kicking. His greatest weapon is his kicks. If he can't kick because you're too close, this is what happens. He does have good hands, though. I will say that. He has good boxing, too. Just Cater was on another level in boxing. Yeah, I would say uh, Giga's boxing is um, is solid, um, but his, his strength definitely lies in his kicking game, and he wasn't able to get really outside of the first round. He wasn't really able to get get him off because he Calvin was always right on top. Like he was, he would just angle him off, keep heavy pressure, and then unload combinations. Like he was throwing everything: elbows, crisp jabs. Um, Body shots, like he was just coming after them, and then just like wash, rinse, repeat. Like he would do it. Chikazi would get out of there, and he would just chase him back down, angle him off, pop that jab, get in close, tight elbow, elbow. Like I was like, damn. And then he would engage in grappling, even though he wasn't, you know, able to like keep him down. But it was constant pressure, constantly keeping him on the back, on his back foot. So, what do you guys think is next for Calvin? Alvin, well, I say what? loser of uh, zombie and Volkanovski. That's who you, I say. Title shot. I said loser of. Oh, not title loser. shot. Oh, loser. Oh, oh, okay. So you, he's getting like. Well, um, we think Volk doesn't get a rematch if he happens to get upset. I think uh, I, he deserves one, but I don't know how the UFC wants to do it. Hmm. They'll most likely do it unless Zombie just straight up starches him. Which is probably the way that I would assume the Zombie would win that fight. Is just like an old school, like, Campman fight. Hits him uh, straight down the middle with something. Straight down the middle across the cage, yeah. Sleeps. Sleeps. Mm-hmm. 
You never know, he could pull off another twister. That would be amazing. I would love to see that again. I'd, I'd also like to see who's better at the twister. Let's get him against Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> hey, uh, that's to do with the camo pants, right? Right. You know he's a rapper? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Thug Nasty? Him and... Who's the one that was on this card that's also a rapper? There's another rapper? Kelleher. Ryan Kelleher, I think, also raps. Do, do they got boom, bars? Boom. Or are they just stringing together words that rhyme? I know they rap. I don't know their songs. I didn't know he was a rapper till I heard about it recently. I heard about it on this card. <laughs> Wait, I like I like Calvin against if they had to pick a fight tomorrow. I wouldn't mind seeing Yair and Calvin fight. We, Yair you know what's Rodriguez and him good fight. I like I like that. You know what? Um, I hmm. I was trying to look back and see if if Calvin's um ever fought Ortega. And he, I, yeah, um, I would I wouldn't mind that either. I would. I, I have. I would lean towards Ortega if that fight happened, just because I think he's going to end up taking him down and then getting a choke. I don't know. Ortega tends to stick with his boxing and his stand-up game until he gets in trouble. Well, he going to be in trouble. <laughs> Just because he knocked out a zombie don't mean, you know what I'm saying? It don't mean like he got hands. Right. He got power, that's for sure. He got technique. Yeah. He got technique, but this is different. <laughs> this is different. Right. Like levels. There's definitely levels. Levels. He did take that uh, Maxwell Holloway boxing 101 with Calvin. Yes, he did. He is also Superman after his first fight, or after his fight back with uh, Holloway. Yeah, like I said, they took uh, 101. They scored A+. Plus. Two A pluses. You know, the surprising thing about that is normally when you see a beating like both of those guys take, they usually don't come back better for it. They usually go like the JDS route and just slowly fade out after. Well, they got so, tape on, good what on to both fix, of them. Though. That was the thing. They both got tape on yeah. what they needed to fix. So they probably watched the tape a hundred times or something, and then like, okay, now I know what happened. They're both younger, like on the younger side. That's true. So I, I, look, um, I would I would like to see that. I mean. Whatever it may be, I think I think he he's obviously going to rise up in the rankings now. But Calvin looks he looked crisp, he looked sharp. So, and he he, he can tell he has. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a result. I mean, uh, his wrestling looked good, his grappling looked really good, and I don't know if this <clears throat> because G- Giga's more of a kickboxer as opposed to like a like has an overall strong game. But Calvin looked good and like. 
in engagement grappling, even though Chikazi was able to fight off a lot of the, uh, the grappling exchanges, I feel like, you know, he might be leveling up here. So we, this might be a, a contender in the making. And that division obviously loaded with talent. You know what I mean? Like the top, the, the top five, like I, I, we always say this, but I feel like everybody in that top five could hold that belt legitimately. Like they can, they have a legitimate shot at holding that belt. Um, can't really say that about the next fight I'm going to discuss. Are we going to discuss? But uh, we did. There was another fight on this card. The ladies got into it. We had um, Caitlin Chukagian taking on is that Jennifer Maya. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, ladies. Uh, I, I I got distracted on that one. I after like round one, I started looking at my phone, and I just I couldn't. Did you follow? Did you did you follow the action and see like the? Like, could you describe that fight? Because I couldn't. The the fight was basically just a standard Chukagian fight. She was. Looking a little sloppy during the fight, she basically just pressured and point-fighted the whole time. She did try a couple new things, so she looked a little sloppy during it at certain points. But that says a lot, because she was willing to take those risks trying these new things, almost as it was just like a sparring session for her, is pretty much how that fight went. So, standard domination by Chukagian. Nothing spectacular happened during it, but she just showed why she is constantly number two in this division. Yeah, I mean, Shevchenko is running out of opponents. A lot of these, a lot of the fights that she can have is going to be rematches. So I, I feel like that's what where Chukagian stands. Like she's basically, you know. What she should like one B in the division, so I, I'm I'm excited for it. But like, it's I'm excited for her getting the victory, and I like the call out. Yeah, you know, I like I like her going up against like calling out Misha Tate. I like that. Um, it's just hard to get excited at this moment for a potential matchup versus the champ because. Valentina is just so dominant. And while I just, for, as a fan of Valentina's, I like seeing her just kick every girl's ass. Personally, like, I'm a fan. So, like, put up, put her up against whoever and knock them down. Like, I love it. Yeah. I agree. It, it's She's in a tough situation, but not at the same time. Normally, this would be a hard fight to make, but... Like you said, Shevchenko really doesn't have any options. The only options she has are outside of her division. Her best hope can be Misha Tate moving down, fight somebody like Andrade or Chukagan, beating them, and then going for a title shot. That would be her biggest fight in her own division. Other than that, she needs to fight Pena or Amanda Nunes. Mm Mm-hmm. I would I like I like the Pena matchup a lot, and we set up that scenario um, a few episodes ago. Where we we're talking about the what if, you know, um, what if she were to defeat Juliana Pena and get that belt, and then 
you know, somehow <clears throat> fight Amanda Nunes for the third time and take her 55 pound strap, she would be a triple champ. That would be pretty fucking dope. Um, coming from a fan, I'm a huge fan of um, Amanda Nunes. This uh, change of weather is kicking my ass. I know it sounds like 45 pound. Wait, she's 45 and 35, right? Yeah, they don't have a 55. You know what I was thinking, bro? My mind uh, was going to Kayla Harrison. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. She's notorious for 155. Right, and I was, I was thinking of Kayla Harrison. Because um, my mind automatically linked Kayla and Amanda, and that's where I had that. Um, but, yeah, for Valentina, uh, taking the 35 strap from, from Juliana Pena, which I think um, I feel like she would be um, she would be a favorite in that fight. I mean, she already got some victory over her, so yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so weird. We 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 go back and forth with the uh, the the math, the MMA math, and I pretty much look at it as like individuals. Like every matchup is where it stands. But um, I, I thought going in, like we we I think we said that too, like. Into going to that fight, that we we all were like, okay, Juliana is a live dog versus she Amanda Nunes. She was, and I really felt that. I didn't just, I didn't, I wasn't just saying that because like she's a good, there's a good betting odds, and you can get uh, a little bang for your buck. But I felt like she can really pose some problems for Amanda, and obviously Amanda kind of looked like she had an off night. She didn't look like. The Amanda that we that you, we're used to, but that's kind of what you get when you get a loss from a, when you have a dominant champion. You kind of they have to have like a night where they're just not on, and that's the beauty of <clears throat> MMA to me is any night could not be could, could be some other fighter some fighter's night. Like it's not a guarantee a shoe in just because you, you can't just show up and have a name and then you know win. Like you got to bring it and then. Every night, you know, some some people rise to the occasion, and some people like, you know, crumble to the moment. And I, I know a lot of people feel like Amanda crumbled to the moment, but I think it was more Juliana just rising to the occasion. Like she took that fight, she took it to Amanda. Like I said, I said Amanda didn't look good, but it was because of what Juliana was doing. In my opinion, she was her striking didn't look pretty. But she was fucking. She was going after it. She so, was. Uh, you gotta give her some respect for that. She earned it. But I don't see her fight against uh, Shevchenko going so good at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna get a highlight reel. Like there's levels to I mean, strike. My unpopular opinion is the pound for pound king is Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes because I think she's actually the better fighter all around. But Amanda Nunes always just had that little bit of a weight and size advantage over her, so she took full advantage. Mm-hmm. As she should. You should. You, you should. As she should. Yes. Yeah, you should use the, t- the gifts the gods give you. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, and we can, we don't talk about this later, but I feel the same way about Francis versus Cyril. Like I think Cyril's by far 
a better pure technician when it comes to striking. Like it's not to me, it's not even close. Like his footwork's better. He's more crisp, a more crisp striker. But Francis is just a force of nature. Like he's just, you know, a physical freak. And like normally, I go with the better technician in these situations. So you guys want to go into that, or you want to talk about the little guys first? Well, how about this? Let's. I want. I do want to give a little bit before we move on from last from Saturday's card. I do want to give a shout out to some uh, a couple of lightweights to open a car. They uh, open a car with the fucking the first knockout of the night and uh, Slava Claus uh, might be a little name to look out for in uh, the 155 pound division. Um, he went up against what was this Bush? What was his name again? Um, look back at this. It was. Hmm. I, I, just, I can't re- I can't remember. I know his last name is Bush, but he uh, uh what's his name? Is that uh, I want to say? Uh, I'm it's gonna Borishev is his last name, and forgive me for this one. I'm gonna give it a shot. Vishayaslav, Vishayaslav. I tried. I gave it, I gave it all I got, but um, uh, homie, homie's on a four fight win streak. It is that he made his UFC debut in in his past um fight card on Saturday, and man, he landed a uh, Jose Aldo Jeremy Stevens um combo like the left hook, well right hook left hook to the body left hook crumpled Bush. It was a beautiful uh, KO, and then he did the little. You know, the little Russian, like, wedding dance. The little, when they kick their legs out. But they, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, shit. Okay. It's all see. All right. But that was a, watching that fight, I was like, okay. There might be a contender on the rock. It might be a new guy to look out for at 55. Because he, apparently he's a legit kickbox. And he showed an ability to stuff takedowns. So, debut, though. UFC debut. And there is levels to this shit. Definitely one to keep an eye on for the future. Are we in, are we officially in the era of the uh, Eastern European takeover? Because I feel like every division now we got some uh, guys from that side of the world. They just they coming in. They they showing out, bro. Like you know how the Brazilians was doing it. Big back in the early nineties, I feel like Russia is starting to like flex on us, bro. They're doing a better job than the Irish takeover. We had but, uh, Arvlowski back in the day, though. Yeah, but it's a, I mean, like at every level now, like you see, like you remember at one point it was like uh, every level it was a Brazilian contender every, at every weight class. It's starting to be like. The Eastern European side of the world is like a contender or a champion, at least, at every level. I mean, heavyweights, obviously, not, that's not true. Um, but a lot of contenders come from that side of the planet. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, they all got that same can... style, too, for the most part. 
Well, so this guy, this guy's a kickboxer. The Europeans in general, they're coming up. If you think about it. Well, Chikadze's from Georgia, and that's a part of the old Soviet states, right? It's not where Atlanta is at. <laughs> not right up north? Nah, it's not a few miles away. Yeah, <laughs> that way. It's definitely across some oceans. We, uh, so Chikadze's from, that, from that side of the world. We know Habib's Dagestani. Um, Zabit, he came and kind of did a little dance, made a little love, and then dipped. But he was he's from that, that area too. Makachev, Peter Yan. Yeah, Peter Yan, Islam Makachev. Askarov. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh Devashali. Mm-hmm. Mirab. He's yeah. um he's he's Georgian as well. So yes, it's, it's they're, they're coming up, man. Like and for a while, like you say, it was just basically Americans and it was just Americans and What about Yuri? Where is he from? Prohashka? Yep, he's, he's Yep, he's from Eastern Europe. And Eastern Rakic, I thought it was Polish. Rakic and uh, Projaka. Yep. And then uh, if you go to Bellator, um, they're, they're a champion. What is Czech, Czechia? Czechia? Chechnya? Chest. Okay, yeah, that. That's all. That's, that's all Eastern Europe. Okay. Um. Well, and if you if you want if you count Poland in that too, you got obviously um. Joanna, Jan, Jan Blahovic. This is a surge, man. Like this last, you know, ten years, there's been a, like a surge. Serbia, where's Serbia at exactly? Exactly. I mean, all okay. So, pretty much anything east of Germany, I just they were all to me. There's like a lot of east, like like former Soviet states. Yeah. They used to be part of the Soviet Union, a lot of them. Um, and that's in that area. So you got uh it's I think I believe Serbia is south though, like southeast. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. There's a lot of contenders coming out from not the UK or France or Germany, but the rest of Europe. Yeah, that's like like UK UK, France, Germany, Spain, Italy. That's all Italian Western. Italian. Yeah, that's all. Like Marvin Vittori is like he's Western European. That's like more of um. We've seen a certain like I think England's kind of always been in it. They've always had contenders. They've always had um, you know, fighters come out there. But wait, is it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it uh Cyril Gon from France? He is French. Okay, so we we've had um, and then we've had Western Europeans before. Uh, as champion, maybe not in UFC, but um, we all know the legend of Uberim, and he's Western Europe. So is he Dutch? Yeah. So Western Europeans have always kind of been in the game, but um, not as the Brazilians and Americans for the longest time were the champions. That's where you're getting the champions usually. It was the Brazilians or the Amer- or Americans, and it's still that way. Um, but. Whoa. The Eastern Europeans are coming through, bro. Like they're 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 like they're showing up. I was talking to good old Gabe, and I was telling him, "Look, man, there's barely any American champions." And he had to remind me that Aljamain was the champion, and then I was like, "Man, he don't count." 
I, I don't know. He, uh, he does. To yeah. me, I mean, on paper, he's though, the champion. But well, then, like he earned the right to beat. Uh, he beat San Diego. Like that was legit. And he he earned the right to get to the title. Yeah. So it's not like he like he fluked his way into it. Now he fluked his way to keep it because he was getting his ass whooped by yeah. Pure Young. So to keep the belt or or like to to change it because wasn't Young the champion? Peter, yeah, yeah. So, like, to get to, to take the belt off of him, yeah, that was a, um, you know, he he got it from a DQ, but it's not like he's trash. No, he's, no, he, no, no. He's legitimate, like as far as the contenders is concerned. But we, every, I think we kind of all agree that Pure Young's the guy. Yes, in that division, he's the guy. He's the, the man to beat. But then we do have another uh, American champion, and his name is uh, Glover. Texera. But Glover is Brazilian, right? Not no more. Brazilian. Well, he's and he's American citizen, but he's yep. definitely Brazilian. Hey, he's American now. He's American. Is he dual citizen? No. He he was waving the flag and everything. He's American now. Yeah, that man's yeah. Texas all around. He earned it. So, so who was our one real one? one? Our last legitimate champions that were American was uh wait, Woodley, Tyron Woodley. Uh, Jones. Um, let me think. Like actual, actual Americans. Holloway. Well, Holloway. Ma- yeah, Max is. Well, come on, he's from Hawaii, bro. That's like, hey man, that's, it's number fifty. Hey, it's hey. a state. <laughs> that's barely America. It's though. a state, bro. But I, I give, I give. We you gotta that. keep spam American. <laughs> well, so Max, oh, we do have Rose though. That's the champ that I feel. There you go. Yeah, we got some Americans. We got but, some good Americans. We had Steve Bay. Steve Bay will get it back. You stretch, that's, that's, a, that's a stretch, dog. I mean, yeah, he, he wore the crow cop shorts and all, but still. He does rep Ohio, but come on. Man. He's a firefighter. He's, he, if he, okay, if, if we're going to count that, then we got to say, like, Kamara Usman's American, if that's the case. Oh, yeah, Kamara Usman is American. He went to school, right, there, bro. Right. He got an education. Yeah. He's American. So that's like, yeah. Let's be honest. At least Kamaru was born in a different country. Stipe was born here. Yeah, but Stipe is like he can barely speak English, dog. Well, he can't speak nothing else. That's just he just mumbles. Peter Griffin. (laughs) He he took mumble rapping way too seriously that he lives the lifestyle of it. That man's a fan. Ah. Uh, let's see. I'm really, I'm really trying to think here, stretch, because uh, I'm thinking of all the greats, and I'm, I'm going back through all the people who had long title runs. You going with American or Brazilian? I go back. To, it's, it's, it's either America or Brazil for long runs. I mean, GSP is a, a anomaly. He's Canadian, and GSP had he had a long run. He's from North America. See? That's fair. We can, we can claim him. Brazilians from South America. We got them so all. They all us. We got them all. We got them all. You know what? You know what? So if we want to just claim all of the continent of America, Moreno America's, is from Mexico, it. Central America. We got it. Oh, well, so <laughs> we we can keep it in America. We got all the titles. <laughs> I mean, we had Chell Sonnen. He's still undefeated. Oh my god! Oh my god! Don't get me started with this guy. He did. He did get a. We got a. Uh, he went five and zero oh on one night, right? One night. That was a hell of a tournament. 
<laughs> man, hey, look, I know we, we, we joke a lot about um stuff that happens outside the cage. And I like jail. So I'll say this. Like, normally I go to bat for guys who get into some bullshit outside the cage. Because, like, I remember I saw, I, I think early on we talked about what happened with Joe Schilling when he pieced up that drunk guy in a bar, like there was some drunk guy like ended up like whatever and he knocked him out. And like, I'm like, look, I'm not like a fan of trained fighters piecing up like civilians. I'm not a fan of that. However, like you can't just disrespect people and think it's going to be okay. Like it's like, it, even though like, I think th- these guys become targets in a way because people try to prove themselves against them. Cause like this, this guy was like talking shit to Chael's wife apparently, and like you know yeah. just being overly disrespectful. So I think I feel like that's just justified, bro. Like you poke the bear, you get the paws. Correct. And that's why he's technically six and zero for that night because he fought the law and they won, too, or he won that one too. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like anybody within reason. If they saw, like, if they got the whole story and that's what happened, because there's always two sides, right? But if what was stated happened, then yes, come on, dog. He, he, she did. He did what he had to do. Like, you should defend your wife. You should defend your family. That's that's legit. Yeah, I agree. And the Joe Schilling situation was close to the same too. He was saying some derogatory marks and some stuff towards him and his girl. So I feel the same way about that. It's not like a Connor situation of a guy disrespected his whiskey and he punched him in the back of the head, you know. Or Mike, or Mike Perry and the old the old guy at the club. Oh, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. yeah. Speaking of Mike Perry, you know who he's fighting in? Uh, what's that junk called? That it's not open Be- bare, bare knuckle, knuckle bare knuckle boxing. They got a he's event fighting, coming. Uh, up. It's called Knuckle Mania. Julian. Yeah, let me bang, Julian? bro. He's fighting. Let yeah. me bang, bro. I, uh, I figured that was gonna happen. I want to watch it. Did you see their little scuffle they had at like some other fight? Oh, that whole thing was staged. Julian staged that whole thing by himself. Didn't it look like they were at like some uh, WWE event and they just started fighting in the right. crowd? That's what it looked like, right? The, with the uh, that's what it looked they like. They hitting each other with forearms. Come on, man. Like, I think that shit was staged just to hype up the fight. Because it was literally like, that shit happened, and not even two days later, they're like, by the way, these two are fighting. You know, uh, like, Chad Mendes is also fighting on Knuckle Mania. Yes, and I'm sad about it. Because I still think that Chad may not be champion, but still can compete in the UFC. You think he'd do better if he dropped down to, like, Bantamweight? Or you think he's too big? No, I think he could 100% drop down to Bantamweight. If he just, you know, laid off on the iron a little bit, stopped eating so much fucking elk, and he could just drop down to 135, and I think he could be great there. But I think he could... I think he can handle uh, Featherweight also, if he actually committed to it. I do think that he does have so many, or like his three businesses that he has going on, his hunting business, his uh, meal prep business, and uh, I think his supplement business. 
I thought he had a fish. Those are one. distracting him a lot. His hunting one's fishing too, right? I think fishing is Clay Guida. I thought he had like a hunting and fishing. It was like it had a ring to it that it made sense. Oh, and he might have both of those too. Because I know he go or he takes people on excursions and shit to That's go do that shit. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like it was hunting and fishing. Well, either way, he'd be yeah. a good, good addition to bring back. But it's probably he chose not to do that. Probably, probably doesn't want to get tested or anything either. He probably doesn't want to like worry about the USADA pool. Well, no, he he was very honest about it when he was on a uh, food truck diaries talking about. It. I think it was food truck diaries oh, that he was uh, on. Was it like some uh, cream for pain or something? Or skin? well, not he just had, uh, it was a uh, what was it? He had a. What is it called? Eczema? He is eczema, and he was using some cream on it, and it had something bad Psoriasis. Okay. Psoriasis. Yeah, and he had to put some uh, cream on it, which was a steroid cream, so he got flagged for that. But, I mean, when he was on Food Truck Diaries talking about his bare knuckles boxing debut, he said that he was still under contract with the UFC, but they let him... They, they approved him not fighting on in the UFC because he didn't want he said he had the itch to fight but he wasn't trying to be champion or anything so he just wants to get a fight in that's all he wants so it makes sense and Ch- Chad looked good I, I, I saw some training video of him and he looked he looked sharp so I'd be pretty excited for that I have no idea who the guy is that he's fighting they announced it but I don't know who he is I'll watch you, it though. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll check it. I'm down to check it out. Um, Are they on the same card? I think it is Knuckle Mania too. <laughs> Knuckle Mania. <laughs> Knuckle Mania. The Knuckle Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get into this uh, flyweight title bout coming up. Oh yeah, Mr. Figgy uh, hitting it up with Brandon Marino one more time. Running back. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed, man. Cause like, Same. at first, uh, at first, I was like, um, on the Marino hype train, and thinking like, you know, he's gonna be and still. Right now, bro, I think Figgy wants it, man. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking uh, Figueroa, or Figueroa, or whatever. Yeah, I'm taking. Um, I think he's gonna be able to take his belt back. I think, I think we might witness a, a pretty good war, but uh. I got Figgy winning it. I think it's going to be and new. I'm just going to watch as a fan. I can't make no picks because I'm like you. I'm leaning both ways. Like It's hard for me to pick one. It It, it is difficult. Uh, I'm going to give it to Moreno just because I feel like Moreno's more of a tactician game plan wise. Like, game plan-wise, I think Moreno and his fight IQ is just, just a bit more there. So I'm going to give it to Moreno. But this is just going to be a barn burner like the last two. He's been through the fire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he went from, you know, starting in the UFC early. You know, he had some ups and downs, got cut, came back, rose to back to the, you know, the title spot, got the title, and, you know, look. I, I I don't have I have a lot of respect for his skills. Um, 
But I think this when I watched uh, Figgy's title run, he was just like mowing through everybody, which is pure horsepower. And he kind of saved the division, if you think about it, because for a while that division was on decline. And he was he's so exciting to watch. Like he's the kind of guy just like, like I said, he just comes straight forward like a, like a Terminator and just hunts everybody down. And that's fun to watch for an average fan. And you, well, you may be right, like the tactician, the tactical ability, sorry, of Marino can get that, can get, get it done. I think the average fan just loves to see the highlight real stuff. You know what I mean? Like the the guy that can just walk through, um, knock you off with one punch or, you know, batter his opponent to submission. Um, and while I do have, like I say, I have a lot of respect for Marino's skill set, I think losing decisively is a could be the best thing to happen to Figueroa. If he, Figueroa, I'm just going to call him Figgy. I cannot say his fucking last name for the life of me. Can't, I don't know why. My, my, my tongue won't do it. Roll the Mars. For real, like I got my finger. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my tongue won't let me do it, but I think um, I think losing for him might might have helped and help him get back to like like decisively losing because technically speaking, you know, he could have lost the first one. You know, what I mean, in this and well, he would have won because he got the point taken away from him, and it turned into a draw. Right. Yeah. But he could have. I'm saying like, um, that, like, uh, like having a draw, as opposed to getting beat. Like he got beat in the second fight. That's a wake up call. And we saw, we just saw what you know Max, what Max did with Qatar. Qatar getting that like he got decisively beaten. And you know, you that like they can go two ways. I mean, you can obviously go into the dumps and end up going on a down a losing streak. From there, but oftentimes what you see, um, especially with guys of that caliber, it, it inspires them to get better. Because when you get beat like that, it's undeniable, dog. Like you got your ass whooped. So now it's like, now what? You know, you go back to the drawing board and you just start patching up those holes and sharpening your tools. And I think one thing that happened uh, with Qatar was he was just head hunting and trying to knock everybody out instead of like piecing this stuff together. And letting the knockout come, and I feel like Figueroa when Figgy's in the same mode where he was just mowing through everybody, and then now you know he he got, has to see like okay I can't just do that I have to sharpen my tools, be more like tactical about this, and obviously he knows what's ahead is in front of him with Marino like he's not gonna be able to just walk through him, so I'm excited I think it's gonna be a a beautiful one I think this might be this could be an early like fight of the year content, uh, contending another type one? deal. Another one. Because, I mean, like, they... I think I don't think either one of these guys are capable of putting on a boring show. No, no, no. They got too much too much output. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, that's, that's, why why I don't that's why I don't understand why the, the flyweight division wasn't more interesting to most people before. If you want to see the most technical and high-output fighting slash grappling period the flyweight division is where it's at like they got all the speed and all the technique because that's all they got you know there's there's very few of them huh it was the power they wanted to see knockouts yeah you know what the casuals want to see we gotta give them what they want yeah that's true 
That's why. Well, it would have been great if Cody could actually stay down there, but um, that's why you got. He's this, the one getting knocked out. You got the the lower weight guys to put on that technical magic, and then you move on to the next fight. After that, you got the the heavyweights, where one hit and it's lights out for anybody in the division, really. It's a slugfest. And the main dude, the champion, is like, if he touches you, it's a rat. Yeah. Francis is literally the Deontay Wilder of the UFC. Whenever you guys ready to go into that one, let me know. Unless I will say, uh, still talk about the flyweight title. Um, I will give this this little nugget. And, I mean... We said this already about the division almost dying, but I think it, it's kind of like when you look at the lower weight classes in boxing, fans kind of get a little numb to it because they, they don't care about the nuance. They don't care about the technical skills as much. They just, like you said, they want to see slugfest. They want to see two guys just training it out. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's harder to have that at the lighter weights because they're so technically good. Like, they're so fast. They're so... They never. They, most of the time, these guys rarely want run into like stamina issues or anything like that. So you get the outputs high, the fight IQ is usually pretty high, and um, the skill level, as pure mixed martial arts, is usually at a higher caliber. Because like um, for the longest time, we all kind of agreed that Mighty Mouse was like pound for pound the best like pure expression of mixed martial arts that we've seen. Because he can put all those all the stuff together, and he's a tiny person compared to the rest of um, mixed martial arts. Like they, you know, these guys are like 120 pounds. But I think that's more the thing. Like I, I think the casual fan can look at a guy like that and be like, I can kick his ass. Like if you if you're 200, if you're a regular dude, you're you know 220 pounds, and you see some dude that's 120, you're like, I mean, yeah, he's good, but I can kick his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though it's not real. It's not real. That guy's gonna fuck you up. It's not real, but in their mind, they think, "Oh, I could take him." I got him. So yeah, yeah. I think that's the reason why that division isn't as popular because the average fan who's watching it with a fucking tap out shirt thinks, "Oh, I can kick this. I can kick his ass. I can take him." Like I'm like, I'm uh, probably not. But when you see a guy like Francis to segue over, that ain't happening. I don't give a fuck how big you are. You like, oh shit, like this guy can erase me with one punch. And I think that they, that's why the heavyweight division is so exciting because you got they're undeniable. When you're the fucking heavyweight champ, you are the baddest dude on the planet in most people's eyes. Right. Like the, average, the average fan, even if he's drunk, ain't sitting there. I can take I can take him. You like nah? He probably kicked my ass. Well, it depends how big the drunk dude is. Mm, he, nah, he might he might believe in himself. He might, but. It's like um, maybe like, I duck all his punches. Well, that delusion is stronger if they think they have an edge. You know what I mean? Like if he looks at a, if he's looking at a guy like, you know, like I said, a guy like Mighty Mouse who's like five foot two or some shit, he can feel good about that. Like I, I can, I'm bigger than him. I can just sit on him. As opposed to like Francis, he's like, hey, I can't just have my way. You know what I mean? Um, but this is that's an exciting that's a fight, bro. That's that's the one that's like, and it's it's the same one as the fucking the Figgy versus um Moreno, where it's like 
I can for sure see a path to victory for both guys. I see a path to victory easily for uh, Cyril Gunn. I mean, he can stay on the outside, um, point fight, never get hit, dodge all that windmill shit, and just just fucking piece Francis up. I can legit see it being like sim- similar to Derek Lewis fight, where he just like pieces him up and goes flawless victory. Will we see the Francis that fought Stipe or the Francis that fought uh, Jarzinho? Uh, because uh, what, do you, what do you think, Mark? I want you to. What do you think? So this is going off of basically just outside, outside situations going into this fight for Francis. I say we get a Francis that's just straight up head hunting. I think he's just going to wing every power shot he can. Because he, he's going to want to make a huge statement with this fight. I, I I see him just swinging wildly. Personally. I don't I don't really see um, Francis winning the technical striking battle. Like, at all. Like, I don't think... I, I know a lot of people feel like um, t- tactical Francis was the best way for him to beat Stipe, and I agree with that. Like him throwing leg kicks, jabbing, um, keeping the distance, and then showing his improved ability <clears throat> in the wrestling department. That was his path to victory versus Stipe. Because if you remember the first fight with Stipe, he was a wild man. And Stipe basically just took him down at will and was able to hold him down and grind down a decision. Even though Stipe was, he punished him. Francis showed that. He can take a fucking beating because he got Stipe spanked that ass. No, all part. Yeah, I mean, like that was dominating, and the residual from that fight leaked over into the fight with Derek Lewis. That fight, he was gun shy as shit. He wasn't wasn't at all trying to engage and be wild against Derek Lewis. I guess because that fear of what happened to him with Stipe. You know what I mean, he still had that Stipe in his mind, that that state, that same beating. So I feel like um, he's he's young in the fight game. Both, so he both of them are right. And he they, don't, they both don't have a lot of experience, even though they're, they're um, both championship caliber fighters. I mean, what Don has like eleven fights, something like that, eleven or twelve. You know what I mean? And then uh, how many does Francis have? Fifteen. If that serious like, has ten. Uh ten, yeah. And ten and, and Francis got nineteen total. Okay, so nineteen yeah. they both have they have a combined they have twenty nine fights combined. Like that's Well I think uh Serial had some kickboxing, but it wasn't many. That's what I was about to say. But it still was it was like what, four or five? Something like that. Maybe three. It wasn't so a that's, lot. So that's that's why I draw this thing like, like nine. Nine, even if he had, let's just say he had 10, right? Let's say he had 10 fights, kickboxing, 10 mixed martial arts fights. That's still not a lot of experience. And both guys are getting better. That's what I was trying to get to is Cyril's getting better. Like every fight he's looked improved um, in the UFC. And we've seen 
France has faced adversity already. We haven't seen Cyril face adversity. 13 uh, kickboxing matches. Nine knockouts. Yeah, I was just trying to find that. Well, we, I guess That's like, actually a decent kickboxing career. Undefeated. How many fights? 13. That's, that's, that's kind of small. That's a, that's a small sample. Because, you cause like, that, there's guys... Like, I mean, look at Biggie Boys. His his um his kickboxing career. What he has like forty kickboxing fights. Then is he have like a hundred? Like, like, like when you talk about kickboxing, you can those you can rack up a lot of fights. Well, I'm just talking about for Serial's age, having that many kickboxing fights and then transferring over to MMA. That's substantial. That's decent. I mean, he's still I, I, new I, at both. Not because he was. If you compare them to even other heavyweights, um, guys like Overeem, Overeem has way more. Guys like, um, like even like Biggie Boy, the guy he beat, he has more. He has a lot more. I'm just saying, like, a, I'm not saying that um, you you have like experience is a must have thing, but it does matter, and he doesn't have a lot of it. But what what the the, the reason why I brought that up is because. Experience is a great teacher, and we've seen Francis have uh, adversity or face adversity. In the, he ran into a wall, but he he was running through everybody, like knocking everybody out early in the first round, just KOing everybody. And then he ran into Stipe, and he couldn't do that. He couldn't impose his will on Stipe, and he was then after that he lost the where he had a Derek Lewis fight, which was trash, and. He had to face adversity. He had to really look, look himself in the mirror and evolve, and he did. Because the, the 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 I mean, he obviously he was back to his old self in the um, Biggie Boy fight when he just windmilled him to sleep within seconds. But then against Stipe, he adapted and was able to be a, a tactician and knock Stipe out. So that's why I'm like, I'm leaning, I'm I'm leaning toward Francis in this fight. And that's because I've seen him face adversity and come back from it. I haven't seen Cyril face any adversity. He's been everything's gone his way so far his career. And look, he could be a, a, a anomaly where he can be a guy where he never faces adversity. He might be just that damn good where he beats, he gets there against everybody, whoever he is, and this is another victory. I mean, we've seen it. Um, Jones was able to do it. For most of his career, like he he faced adversity and overcame it, but he was able to beat everybody he lined up against, and maybe that's the case for Cyril. But I'm taking Francis in this because, like I said, normally I take the tactician in these kind of fights, but this is heavyweight, and one punch can really put anybody down. And Francis got he has that in spades. That's his. Ace in the hole. He got that God given, like, I was born to knock motherfuckers out. And look, until proven otherwise, I'm taking Francis. He's got a lot to uh, prove because he's not fighting on uh, the same contract or whatever they're talking about. He wants more money. So he's going to try to prove Money, I don't think. Uh, the money, I don't think, is the big stopper in that whole contract dis- 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 dispute. But um, that's what I was trying to say. Outside situations with the contract and him trying to box also, he's going to want to make a statement with this fight. And personally, I don't think he's mature enough as a fighter to try to make a statement as a 
well-rounded skill set and domination type, I think he's just going to go out there and try to knock his head off. Which is where I think Gon can start to take over the fight. Because if he can use that footwork that we know he has and just kind of stay on the outside and piece him up, we can get a good good decision win out of him. But Gon, or Naganu, if he hits him, it's going to be over. But I just think that he, Francis is going to come into this with too much on his shoulders and kind of crumble under the weight. Hey, has any uh, other like UFC champion ever fought out their contract without having a new one like next? You know, I, I, I really feel like isn't it like a clause where if they win the belt, it extends it somehow? I don't know, but yes. he's on his last fight, supposedly. So, if he wins this fight, him as champion, he uh, when it, since his contract's up, he's required to fight at least one more time under the contract or within a year or something like that. So, he might sit out for a year. He can sit out for a year and then not fight under the contract anymore. Damn. But... The thing is, uh, with the contract dispute that they're having, he wants to have boxing on his contract too, which is where I think the problem is. They want him, or he wants to be able to switch back and forth between defending the UFC title and going to boxing. But to be honest, that's why everything's on his shoulders right now. If he loses this fight, not only does he fuck himself in the contract, he also kills any fight with Tyson Fury like he's trying to get in you my so? Wait, how would it kill the, the um that fight with Tyson Fury because if you can't even beat a tactician in MMA you think you're going to go over to boxing and beat him when Deontay Wilder couldn't well it's, it's like I don't think it's going to matter because it's a different sport entirely so it's like yeah, it may, it might, it, it might, you might lose a little bit of a luster if he's not champion, but at the same time, he's still a big enough name. And that's pretty much all you need for marketing. You know I don't I mean? think Francis is that big of a name, though. Well, he's, like, a, big he's name. a big name, but in not that world. big of a name. Well, he's, yeah, in the MMA world. Well, think about it this way. Tyron wasn't a big name either. Like Ty, Tyron's a, um, like in the a, in a world of sports, not really. I mean, Connor was a much bigger name, and he had a much higher profile fight going up against um, Floyd. So he's a one of the biggest guys in MMA going against the, the pay per view king in Floyd Mayweather. But Tyron, and like you, most average boxing fans could don't even know who he is at all. Like in the, in the grand scheme, but most if you ask the average boxing fan, they might know a little bit about. Cyril, not Cyril Gon, sorry, um, about Francis Ngannou because he is a heavyweight champion. There's like a certain stigma about being the heavyweight champ. Whereas like, even though the, the skill set doesn't translate, he's still a big, scary guy. Like he has a lot of knockouts, you know what I mean? And if you put him in boxing gloves and like just say, okay, well, knock this guy out. To the average fan, that's an easy translation. Even though most boxing purists and people who follow the sport 
No, that Tyson's he's drawing dead. Tyson's a huge he only has a puncher's chance in that fight. And Tyson's gonna box his head off. Let's be honest though. Like you wanted to use Woodley as a an example, but Woodley couldn't sell pay per views in his own sport. He was not the per- reason why those pay per views sold. Right. I was saying Woodley's. I was saying that Woodley's not no. He's not very known. Like I mean, he's. I was saying oh. that Woodley is, is at all. The only reason Woodley got any traction is because people want to see him beat Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Like they were like right. cheering him to beat. Like I was. I was saying that no one knows who Woodley is outside of UFC. He's like you know what I mean, a relative unknown. Well, I'm just saying for a big fight like like Tyson Fury, in order for that fight to happen. He has to have a big draw on the other end, too. And I just don't think that Francis is that big of a draw without the championship. I don't think he is. I mean, and, and that could be... Look, I think that does have weight. Because if, you, if you're if you marketing a champ versus a champ, it's a lot easier. But I, I feel like just the fact that it's a different sport is why it's, it's not going to matter. Because you, you're, you're taking a guy from MMA to box. So I don't think it's going to matter that he doesn't hold the actual belt. Like, Tyron didn't hold a belt. And at the time, um, you know, Kyler never defended any of his belts. But it was just his name that made the, the difference. And to the average fan, it's going to be another UFC guy versus a boxing guy in a boxing match. You know what I mean? And you can, you can cut up highlight clips of Francis Windmill knocking people out. You know what I mean? Like, for marketing. I think, I think it will still sell. Um, but here's the thing though, like you said earlier, does he, does the contract automatically extend if he defends, if he wins, does it automatically defend and then does it run into a snag with getting out of that UFC contract? Will he do a GSP thing and just retire and then take that fight? Or, you know, like what, what's, what, what will be other options? Cause he wants, he, he wants to box. Him retiring would be the worst option that he could do. Because the problem is, with his contract, it does extend one more fight or within a year. So, his best bet, if he just wants to take the boxing fight, if he does win, is to write out his contract for a year. That would be his best bet. If he retires, the UFC has automatic claim to um, freeze the contract when you retire. So if he, they would freeze the contract and he still couldn't box. So then I guess like there is um, a little bit of weird incentive then because like if he loses, then he can just like straight up just go to boxing, like immediately. Right. And that's why that's why I say it's weird because I, I, don't, I look he already has losses. It's not like he is undefeated. So he, like losing won't give him some like stigma that now he's beatable. He's already been shown to be beatable. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. so I think that uh, if he did lose this fight against Cyril, which he can, I mean Cyril's Cyril's legit, so he can definitely lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might that might be in his best interest because let's be honest here, like his whole fight right now with UFC is over money. Like he wants to get paid, and they don't get paid as much as you see the top boxers get paid. Like when Floyd fought Connor, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. When Francis fought Stipe, we're talking about a, a couple mil, maybe a, at, at best. 
completely that much. I think they probably made seven hundred fifty thousand off that. Well, you know what I mean? Pay per view points maybe added to it. Let's say you, let's say they made like two million each, right? If he if he would have fight Tyson Fury, I, I would say he clears easily fifty, easily twenty. No, easily 50. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 a, it's a different thing. Like it's you're it's when you have with the, with the boxing with it's like every boxer has their own promoter, like or they own their own promotion. So it's like it's different than fight under a banner, and you're just like an athlete under that banner. Like I I think that um the amount of money he can stand like Woodley versus fucking Paul Woodley probably made, he probably made more. In that one fight where he got knocked out against Jake Paul, then he made in his last three UFC fights. Didn't they say he made more in the first fight as well? Yes. So in two fights versus Jake Paul, he probably doubled his career net worth, if not so. more. So that, that's he like made and, a lot more fighting Jake Paul than he did in the UFC. So that's what I'm saying. Like for Francis. Who gives a? F- he's already shown. He's already been became champion at UFC. He doesn't have much to prove there. Who cares if he if for, and, 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 if he's prize fighting? Right, you're only doing it for the money. Why does it matter if he, you know, loses and leaves the UFC and they're not willing to let him go to boxing to chase a bigger payday? Does that make sense? I mean, I'm all for it. Let him go. Let him fight his. His boxing match, I I don't really care, to be honest. I'm just saying, UFC's point of view, though, the the problem with letting him go and doing that is then you're going to have everyone else asking to get the same type of reception. Everyone else is going to start asking for that. They're going to they're going to start want, demanding more money and more blah blah blah. And as a business aspect for the UFC, it is better to just keep your people close. Because the simple fact of the matter is, even if Francis goes over there, he will make his biggest payday that he's ever made, but that's a one and done. Then after that fight, you know, he better have enough to retire, which he probably will, because he ain't getting another fight in any other promotion. I think Bellator would pick him up with a quickness. If he's a free agent Bellator can't afford him. Bellator can't afford him. Well, the sponsors and everything would work in his favor because he'd be able to have sponsors again. He would, but he's sitting here trying to get like well, you want to like crazy boxing money, or something? thirty million a fight. Yeah, he wants like thirty million a fight. Bellator ain't gonna pay him nowhere near thirty million a fight. Hell, even with sponsors, those. sponsors ain't gonna pay him thirty million a fight. McGregor don't even make that much a fight, does he? Was it like five to ten? In the UFC. Yeah, in the UFC, uh, Conor McGregor usually makes about 5 to 10. And that's including his pay-per-view points. His actual fight purse is somewhere around, like, that Christmas I think, uh, 800,000. <laughs> Look who it was. Tell, tell him he's going to be on TV later. He's like, is that, is that Christmas tree? Yo, tell him he'll be on TV later. For real. <laughs> The Poppins. Um, all right, so you going with Serial, you going with Francis. I'm going to lean towards Serial just because I'm an advocate of hyping this man up from the first episode of our podcast. 
till now. So I'm gonna just go with the guy that I've been backing for the whole year and some change. Even though I know it, one touch and it could be lights out for him. But I'm gonna go with the guy that we've been backing. Me too. Cereal. I'm going with cereal too. Been destroying his name all year. Well, for over a year now. And been hyping him up at the same time. Bun Gaming. He's my boy. He plays <laughs> games and shit. But uh honestly the past few weeks we've been having some crazy announcements for fights coming up. You guys got anyone that you're excited to see? Um as stupid as it sounds, I am excited to see the zombie versus Volkanovski fight because I'm just a stupid zombie fan, and I'll watch anything. And I think he got a bad uh, stroke of luck when he fought Aldo with his dislocated shoulder and shit. So, do I think he'll win? Probably not. But do I want to see it? Yes. The fight I'm excited to see is the Gilbert Burns against Jemayev fight. Does that become official? I think it's official. At least I'm hoping it's official. Because according to Chimaev, he's open to fight him in Brazil. I don't think they have a, a place or date yet, but I think that's supposed to be the next fight for Chimaev. Yeah, I thought they were both saying that they're all good with it, but I don't, I don't know if it was ever actually announced, announced. I mean, we got the Derek Lewis against Tai Tuovasa coming up too. That's Damn, gonna be a good fight. Yeah. Wait, she, did Shamaya Burns? Is that official? I'm hoping it is, but they've been having a lot of talk about it happening. I'm trying to see if they got an actual date for it, but not location yet. Doesn't location. Mm. So it's like no no location, no date, but agreed. Fight like a fight sign. Oh. We gotta oh, find I when tickets go on sale for this uh, Volkanovski versus Zombie fight. It's in the backyard. Where's it at? Orlando or Tampa? Jackson. Oh, it's in Jacksonville. Wait. Um, oh, when they get on sale, dude. You said Volk, uh, Volk, the Volk versus uh, Zombies in the, in Jacksonville? Yes. I did not oh. know that. And hey, Aljamain against Peter better. Young. Oh yeah, we gotta go. We gotta Mackenzie Dern against uh, Tisha Torres. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, Gaslam's fighting on there and Jarzinio. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we a great go. card. We gotta go. We going. We gotta go. I'm going. April 9th. Yep. That's soon. So tickets should be going on sale soon. That's, that should be a good one. Um, damn. 
wait, wait. When is excuse me? When is Lewis versus Tuivasa? Is that next? That's a fight night, I believe, in Houston. It's in Houston again? He's having another fight in Houston? Yes. Shit. Man, there's there's only so many places they can go right now. Oh, so it's only it's Houston, Vegas, and uh, Dubai? And then, uh, um, the- it's not a fight night. It's uh, February 12th. It's the rematch with Whitaker and Adesanya. But that's in Houston, yeah. Yeah, the only places they can go right now are Arizona, uh, Texas, Florida. The fact that they're having a fight in California is amazing. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to try to get tickets to that April 9th pay-per-view. Agreed. They'll probably go on sale, what, March? I wonder what they're waiting for to make that fight official. If Jemayev and uh, Gilbert Burns is actually fighting. I want to know. Somebody tell me. Wait, you know, I I am kind of excited for uh, Makachev versus Daryush too. That's coming up soon, isn't it? That one is February, end of February. I guess there's a lot of hype for uh, Covington versus Masvidal also in March. Yes. Um, wait, yeah, that should be really good. I, I, I thought about that a lot. And at first I was like, Kobe would just like take him down and, you know, wrestle him to sleep. But I think that might be a kickboxing match because – Kobe likes his hands. He, he loves his hands. Like he, he likes his kickboxing ability. And I think uh, they have a lot of reps together, right? Because they, same gym, roommates. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they've had a lot of, a, a good, mm-hmm. a good bit of sparring. You know what? I, I think, I'm thinking like, shh, this might be, uh, this might be a good one from Oz at all. Now that I think about it. Because I feel like he has a lot to prove. And um, I, I think he matches up well, like as far as the, just the pure stand-up now. Obviously, I think Kobe's a has an ace in the hole with his wrestling. But if it's just a kickboxing match, I, I'm, only, I'm leaning Masvidal. If they, just, if they just decide to stand up and trade, which, I mean, when you got two – former friends you can see this come become like an ego battle and you know what I mean like guys might just like go in there and try to they might go in there and try to take each other out cause it's gonna be a lot of shit talk leading up to that fight have you seen any like uh, the social media of the UFC with their promotion for it it's like every video is them two like 
smacking each other on the back, high-fiving, hugging, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's serious. Like, they're they're going in on the promotion for this one. It's a big fight. It's, it's, a, it's a big fight. It's a, it's a huge fight for that division. It It's the biggest fight that Kobe can get right now. And definitely the biggest fight that Masvidal can get right now. Yeah, I think... Yeah, but both for Masvidal, it's a all-in type situation, I think. Yeah. A, a loss for him will be devastating. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I feel like uh, with, with this match though, um, because Kobe's right there, he's like he's basically in a situation where he's he's the Robert Whittaker of one seventy, where you got like a dominant champ and he's one B, because I feel like he matches up well versus the rest of the division, and he's beaten most of them. And he hasn't fought a couple of the guys in the top of that division, but he's given the champion, a, you know, a strong, what, fifth, how many, how many like, 10 rounds now? Ten rounds? Nine and ten a half? Well, yeah, not, well, nine is some change because he got TKO'd in the final part of that fifth. Yeah, the, the first fight. Yeah, so I feel like for Kobe, this is huge. Given that, like, if he walks through Masvidal, he's right back in the title picture again. And and really, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Usman do a fucking best of seven series, like basketball, basically. Like, let's see if we get the first. Who's the first to get the four wins? Well, Usman gotta get past Leon Edwards next. Is the, is that fight booked? According to Dana White, he said he's a hundred percent next. Yeah, they haven't booked it, so they probably don't know the logistics of it yet. But yet, that's that's the next fight. I like it. I'm, I'm, I hope. I really hope so because I don't want to see Leon have that same like impact. Well, not impact, but that same fate that Tony suffered when he did. He wasn't able to get. A title shot after a long win streak. You know what I mean? Like you have that long win streak. Cause this, first of all, look, it's it's fucking difficult to win one fight. It's difficult, and if you string together six plus wins and you don't fight for the championship, you only get so many opportunities to fight for the title. And I feel like Tony was kind of robbed of that. I mean, health robbed him against Habib, and then situations robbed him. From uh, getting the title shot, but he—if anybody deserved one, it was Tony. And I don't want to see that happen to Leon because that kind of sucks for the pure fans. Like I want to see the guys who've earned their way get a chance at gold. Even though I know it's marketing and it's a business, and sometimes entertainment supersedes the um, the guys who've earned it because like they they they'd rather put in the flashy fight that's going to make the company money as opposed to like this guy's earned his way. He's not going to be, he's not boring. He's not flashy. He's not going to sell tickets, but he deserves to be here. We've seen that happen to a lot of guys, like not a lot, but enough to where like John Fitch was an example too. Like he would have this long win streak, but he's so fucking boring that no one cares. 
He finally got one title shot, though. Oh, yeah, with Johnny Hendricks? No, Johnny Hendricks put him away. He fought GSP, but it, I think he lost. He, yeah, he got pieced up. I believe he lost. He lost he that fight. Didn't, didn't he get the title shot, like, lost that fight, won two straight, then got cut? <laughs> I think he got cut after uh, Johnny Hendricks punched him across the cage. Yeah, I'm sorry. One, two, and then got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. But he was still on like a good. He was still winning. He still had a winning yeah. record. That's what I'm saying. Like he still was. <clears throat> the thing about um, Hendricks was like he was super safe, so he had a lot of like decision wins. Where it's like, okay, uh, you rest, you dominated the fight with wrestling, and. In the middle of that, there's a lot of booing and shit, and that that does, I think that does have an impact on uh, the company because a lot of the times when they're sitting ringside and the fans are like booing and shit, like they can hear that, and I think that 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 kind of weighs in. You know what I mean? Like they might say, "Okay, well, we booked this fucking guy, and like the people that paid to be here don't want to see that shit." I mean, I think. It, it has to be a balance between entertainment and integrity of the sport. I think some of the, the cuts they made back then were kind of shameful, like Yushin Okami and Finch was another one, where these were great fighters still at the top of their game and still very dominant in their divisions, just got cut because they were quote-unquote boring. I mean, obviously, Finch went on to have a good career in World Series of Fighting until he got his eyes gouged out, but... I'm sorry, maybe that was Jake Shields that got his eyes gouged out. Note to Brian, mute your mic when you blow your nose. This Yes, sir. Bro, this, this sign is just kicking my ass right hey, now. Hey, mute the mic next time you go decide to blow your nose. You can hear that from the other, other room? Holy oh, shit. yeah, man. You blew hard. <laughs> I'm trying to compete with this. this is kicking my ass, bro. <sighs> Feel you. I feel you. Got some tissues right here. Oh my god. Then uh Misha Tate got a fight coming up against Laura Murphy later on in the year. I think it was like March. Yeah. Was it? No, that's actually April ninth. What? No. That one's April 9th. The Volkanovski one, I think, is March 5th. No, that's the uh, Jorge Jorge and uh, Kobe because they pushed it back because Holloway got hurt. So they took the co-main event as well and moved it back one. I think uh, Ah, they don't want Aljamain main eventing nothing. Well, I don't think they're a big enough draw. I don't even see Jan as being the main event of a pay-per-view. Maybe a fight night. Peter Jan? Yeah. I think he just needs some time before he gets out there. I think they're great. I just don't think they have the same name recognition. Dang. May 14th is when Misha Tate's fighting Lauren Murphy. Oh, May 14th. Push that one back, way back there. That should be an easy fight for um, Misha Tate. 
should be. You never know. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, we got some good fights coming up in the distant future. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, you guys got anybody that you think will be the new champion by the end of the year? Any end news? <clears throat> I got, I got, um, well, I mean, I just said, I think Figgy's going to win. I think he'll be, he'll, he'll be champion by the end of the year. And then, uh, ooh. No, no, I no could... I'm not talking about nobody that's like fighting for a title currently, like their next fight. I'm talking about somebody that's on the rise right now that could possibly end up being champion by the end of the year. Mm. You know what? I, I want to keep an eye out for Alex, Alex Pereira and middleweight because I feel like, I mean, he got a um, pretty quick knockout. Oh, if he and... wins his next fight? If if he wins like if he get if he gets say a, a notable a notable if he gets a notable name at middleweight and then takes and then knocks them out quickly I think he'll get like launched into a title shot like if he gets let's say he gets somebody like let's say he gets like Costa or something for his next fight Ooh. and he starches Costa he's getting he's getting that fucking title shot Costa or like Vittoria or something. I don't think he'll get Vittori. Vittori's a little too far up the ladder. But if it's but if, but the same result being the same, yes. If he gets Vittori and then KO, because Vittori's coming off a win and Costa lost his last fight, so Costa might be getting somebody, you know, a little bit further down in the rankings. Hey, who's uh, Sean Strickland fighting? He has he had, he had um, Luke Rockhold fell out of their fight, right? Yes. No. He has another one matched up. I don't remember who it was, though. Is it Marvin? Or Darren Till? It might be Vittori. Darren Till's No, I think it's Vittori. That's what I think the matchups are. It's, wait, you said um, Strickland's getting Vittori? Who's fighting Jack Hermanson? Is it Strickland? That I don't know. Oh, I think that, I think that is the fight. I think it is Hermanson-Strickland. Oh. I know Hermanson just wrestled, right? Or just did a grappling match. He is fighting uh, Strickland February 5th. Okay. So that, that's 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 soon. That's next month. So, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like um, if Alex Pereira can get a notable name. Because the thing is, like, if he's knocking guys out, like, he and quickly, like he has, he can get two fights this year. Potentially even three. You know what I mean? Because, um... When's Whitaker out of Sanya? The twelfth of February. February twelfth. Okay, so that'll give time for. I mean, if, if say Pereira gets, you know, two fights, he can maybe get a year in card, like a December card, and he can challenge whoever the middleweight champion is, assuming it's Izzy, challenge him for the title. I would say, especially if the tech champion's Izzy, and uh, Alex gets two quick knockouts over notable names, he's getting that title shot. Because that's like, I think the reason why he was bought in the UFC is because like, I mean, he has that storyline. I mean, well, he beat Izzy twice. Well, knocked him out. The, if Izzy gets past Whitaker, he'll fight the winner of Cannoneer and Brunson. Right. That's already been like determined. Okay. 
And then look, if you just give, just given the skill set, I don't want to do MMA math, and I don't want to overlook these guys. But let's just say, like, I, I feel like I'll just say that Izzy would be a favorite versus all those guys. He'll be a favorite versus either one of. I mean, he already beat Brunson, and I think he'll be a favorite against Cannoneer. And I think he blonde hair Brunson. I think he beats um Bobby Knuckles again too. Blonde hair Brunson though. I don't, think, I don't think it's gonna matter, bro. The boy's Super Saiyan now, bro. He he's improved for sure. Like he's definitely better. He's only level one Super Saiyan. I think he's I think he's better, but I don't think it's gonna matter. I he hasn't reached the next level yet to get Super Saiyan two. Well, here's the thing though he could he could beat Cannoneer though. Yeah, that's gonna be a great fight. That's a very we're gonna see a lot of. MMA in that fight. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. The Cannoneer is dangerous. I think what what Whitaker did to him is a bit of an anomaly because he's dangerous uh, middleweight. I just think that he's so... Who did he last fight besides him? I think Calvin, right? Yeah, Kelvin. Yeah, he fought Kelvin. He he beats... He won a fight. He won after the Whitaker fight. Yeah, yeah. He's only fought twice. Whitaker schooled him. And then he beat someone. It was a good matchup, though. It was it three rounds, right? It was only three rounds in that what, fight. But was it was it Kelvin? No, he lost to uh, Whitaker. Then I think he fought Kelvin after that and won that fight. Yeah, I'm talking about Till. No, we're talking about um, Jerry Jer- Cannonier. Okay. Yeah. Like who did he who did he fight most recently? It was Gasolin. He beat Gasolin. Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking like. You know, like he he is, and like I mean, he's he came from heavyweight all the way to fucking you know middleweight, and he was a pretty big guy, and now he's like s- super in shape and focused. But I think um, just the tool shed of skills, you can tell that in that that fight against Whitaker that Whitaker was just a better striker. He was more crisp, more like he had he had more tools to drop to pull from. Uh and Jared's a horsepower guy. You know what I mean? Like he's he'll knock you out with a, a right hand, a straight right hand. But he's not that technical. He's not, he's not like um this like tactician as far as uh his pure kickboxing technique. So I feel like against Brunson, Brunson he's been he's been turning it up and using his wrestling more, and that makes him a much more dangerous fighter. Cause he had Brunson got legit knockout power. Like he can knock you out with that left hand. He can hurt people pretty easily. His only issue was leaving his fucking chin way in the air. I think they fixed that though. That's what I'm saying. That was his only real like like thing. Like, that was the only thing that made him like a non-title contender. He's he can always be clipped because he leaves that chin up. See when, he, when he was throwing those punches, it looked like he smelt something funny. You know what I mean? So he had that chin <laughs> way up there. He looked, you know what I'm saying? Like he smelt something funny. Every time. <laughs> That's why he had that chin way up there. They Facts. fixed it though. Facts. And that's that's why like um I think that uh him adding in like being more dominant and being more active with his wrestling, that makes him just more dangerous. So I think that even though Blonde Brunson, if I want to go there, I think that makes him like a more formidable fighter, but not I don't think it, it takes him over the top. To be champion, I think he just he'll just get in line again. He'll get a shot again, but I see it being 
very, very similar outcome, you know, based off of just the champion is getting better too. Like he's not like, you know what I mean? Like one thing about Izzy that I give him credit for is he puts in the work. He's not just a guy that's like that's like rest on what he did already. Like you can tell, you can see the improvement from fight to fight. And if you watch him and listen to him doing the breakdowns of other fighters, he's constantly like trying to evolve and get better. So I feel like <clears throat> as far as striking is concerned, like everybody, he's just such a, he has such an edge on most of the guys he's going to go against in middleweight, except for Alex. And that's why I think Alex is the only guy that could unseat him at middleweight this year. If it's possible for him to get up there. I don't know. This year's that's a bit of a stretch though. That's a, that's that a stretch, up, man. What's up? The Whitaker fight, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't I see think it. Whitaker can take it. I, I don't see it. I guess like um, it's I don't have a bias there. I'm 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 a fan of Robert Whitaker's for sure. I just don't see it. I don't see the like match pure matchup wise. I, I don't see a, a win for Whitaker, even if he doesn't come in wild and he tries to you know play in a tactical game. I just think he gets out. Tactic. Like, he's, I will he's not say gonna... this. It won't be a quick one-sided victory. I think this one's going to decision. Okay. I can, I can see that. I can see that. I say Rob Mordekar knocks him out or TKOs him. Ooh-wee. Wow. Wow. I say wow. Robert Whitaker comes in with a better game plan. He's not going to do the same shit, and I think he smothers him. And takes over. Okay. I, I honestly do. I think ground and pound TKO. Save that for uh, February, first week of February sometime. It might change by then, but I doubt it. <laughs> Mark said, I'm feeling, this, I'm feeling this way right now. I'm feeling like yeah. you're drinking. What are you drinking, Mark? What are you sipping on, bro? Uh, Some orange blossom beer. Oh, a little OBP. Yeah. Mark down My last OBP, one from right? Arizona. Yeah, you know me. I feel it. Look, but I, I still, I, I, I'm holding out. I'm, I'll hold uh, the the go in depth with the matchup till that time. But I'm just, I just don't see it. Like, um, there's a like, <clears throat> like I said, it's matchup based. Everything to me is matchup based. Like individual versus individual, and their skill sets versus each other's. Rob, Rob is just always gonna be to me. He's always one B in my mind. He's the he's the man. He's like uh, he's a sub boss. As long as Izzy's in that division, he's a sub boss. Until unless unless Izzy moves up to two hundred five, he's a sub boss. He's like where Gustafson was for a while with Jones and like, D, like you know what I mean? Like he's just always gonna be one B. Like that guy's just better. The only thing, I, the thing about uh, the matchup between Whitaker and. Adesanya is the only advantage I see that Adesanya really has is honestly his his reach. If he didn't have that reach, I think yes, his striking slightly better, but I don't think he would do nearly as good against Whitaker. Whitaker just has to figure out how to get into that reach, and then he's done. Now, is that an easy feat? No, not at all. But. If he can get in there, if he can figure out how to get in there the way that Gaslam got in there, he can do a lot more than Gaslam did. But just don't do it like he did last time. 
Well, that's, that's that's what makes me feel this way. It's because like I know that that's the that's the strategy. That's the whole game plan is to to try to close the distance and try to then inflict damage from there. But it's not like Izzy doesn't understand that. He understands that fully, and he's able to counter those guys that try to do that. Now, Calvin, look that night when they, he had that fight with Calvin. Well, Calvin was on. I don't know what he was on, bro. He was on a different level because they they beat the fuck out of each other for five rounds. And then Kelvin's mm-hmm. body finally gave out at the end, but that was that was something else. That fight was something else. And I think that like look, Kelvin has never been the same since then, bro. If you think about it, like look at it, look at his past results after that. Like he it's been rough for him. Um I mean we say it's been rough, but he's only lost to the best of the best. Yeah. But he's been piling up a lot of L's though. It's not like he, yeah, he I, has. I, I I agree. Like he's only fighting top comp, and once you make it to the title shot, that's all you're getting. You're not gonna get. You're not going dipping back to the top, the bottom fifteen. Everybody you're fighting is either on their way up or on their way down from the very top. So like that's what Calvin's running into. He's running into all the top tier, all the best of the best at middleweight. So I don't blame him for you know what's going on. I'm just saying that those wars can take something from you when you go through those. Long wars. And I think that, like psychologically, when you lose those long wars, those those long um, or those crazy ass beatdowns, it takes a little bit more from you. So it's like, I I I, I love um, Whitaker, and he he's been he's after the loss to Izzy, he looked good. Like everybody he's matched up with since, he's looked fucking phenomenal. So I, I can't take that away that he's like not worthy. Of being there at all, not even a little bit. Yeah, you guys ready to call it? Hey man, shoot the J. No, no last words. Nothing. I got nothing. My, my only last uh, word. Only... Go ahead, go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say, if you want to go for future champs, I think uh, Benny can do it by the end of the year. Oh, but uh, Darius. Darius, yeah. Okay. I think he can. I think he ekes out a win on Islam, and then I actually like him in a matchup between either Gaethje or Oliveira. So I'll take that. Hmm. Those are big words, but I'll take it. You know what? The the more I think about it, I don't really see. Anyone coming up this year exactly to uh, unseat a current champion that's not already a title fight? I don't see anybody. But I will say this as a final thought. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pose this question at least: Who's going to make? Who, what which fighter do you think is going to make an, a push this year to get themselves in a title contention? Who's your who's your who, who do you think will make like who this year will win two or three fights and then they'll be the guy talk, to talk about in twenty twenty three? Who's that guy? Chimaev? Hamzat? Oh yeah. For um for for one seventy, I, I see that. I'd say he wins his next fight if if he does get that Burns fight official, 
And if he wins that, then Chimaev's probably getting a title shot right after. It only makes sense. You know what? You know what? I'm going to say Terrence McKinney. I think he's going to go on a run this year. I think he'll win. If he gets... I think he'll win every fight that gets booked this year. Johnny Walker, next? Mm-mm. I don't feel it on him. Wait, what? Terrence Are you asking? No, no. Who's, who's he fighting next? When you say he, you mean... McKinney. Johnny Walker. Oh. No way he's fighting Johnny Walker. McKinney's... <laughs> I'm thinking that, Jamal Hill. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you think Jamal Hill. Jamal yeah. Hill. I'm thinking Jamal Hill. I think McKinney's a 55er. Is he? Yeah, I think he's a 55er. He, he could if win you're looking, work his way up, though. What's up? If he wins a few, he will work his way into a title. Not this year, though. I don't think No, no, I'm saying that like by the end of this year, going into 2023... He's going to be among the contenders. Like, he'll be in a spot where Qatar is now. Like, you know how Qatar and um, Ortega, and they're, they're all in that cluster of, like, getting ready to fight for the 45 strap while Volk's the champion and Max is the, the obvious, like, sub-boss? Yep. He'll be in that cluster with Qatar and all those boys. Whereas right now, he's just a prospect. I think if he has a I – think, I think he'll win every fight he gets booked this year. And I think he'll be do it impressively. Cause I feel like he's a he can be um he can be champion. He can be a, a guy that can contend for this uh division. And obviously one fifty five is no there's there's a lot of talent. So it's a deep pool. But on that note though I'll go one under you. I'll go with Bryce Mitchell and win and he'll be in the oh, talks. Doug nasty. <laughs> Okay. Thug Nasty. He got a fight coming he's going to wrap his way to the top. I forgot who he's fighting, but he got one coming up. He is fighting. I think they ha- have one announced for him. Mark, is he also a 55er? No, no, he's a 45er. 45er? So this man's dropping 45ers and mixtapes? Yes. Okay. Man's he's choking him out. Dropping bars and dropping bombs. I love it. Here for it. Well, then, on that note, you guys ready? Yep. Zip it up and zip it out. Man. Zip it up zip and it zip up. it up. Let's get it. Zip it up and zip it up. <laughs> zip it out. <laughs> zip it up and zip it out. Get it up, dicks, and then get it up the rest of the way. Zip it up, zip it up. What? All right, guys. <laughs> zip it up and zip it out. Peace. Peace. La 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 la